Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to podcast 2187. Welcome and to. The... Yes. Right. You sound really excited. And this is the one and the only Mark. I almost sound like uh, those parodies of William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't going for that, but okay. All right. Would you, would you want would you want uh, recognizable Star Trek actors to ever be in Star Wars? So, uh, not not one of the main series, but if it's if it's done, I mean, like you know, when here's the picture of the crew, they're one of the crew. Like, let's say uh, I'll throw him out there. He's way too. Uh, but what's his name? Um, Picard guy. Um, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick Stewart. Stewart, yeah. <laughs> too wow. big. Too big, right? Yeah. Well, if, I mean, regardless, I mean, okay. If it's done in like a, a Coen Brothers Star Wars movie, I could see it being cool. But if it's like, a, you know, episode 10, no. What about like a LeVar Burton? Jordy from uh, Next Generation? Uh, LeVar Burton. I could, I could see that working. So, So the bigger they are on star trek the less likely you would want them to ever be in star wars yeah and having said that though i mean it's kind of weird with the new group of people too yeah with your benedict cumberbatch carl urban uh chris pine you know all them i yeah i don't count those those guys though as star trek guys i I know it's weird but for me like the first so like people didn't have a career before star trek you mean yeah, that's probably it. That's probably what I mean. Because I didn't... William Shatner, to me, is always Captain Kirk first. Right. Even though he's played other people before that. I or, know like, or Captain prim- Kirk. Like, at least, even if they had a career beforehand, they're primarily known for that role. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it would be weird, though, to see, uh, like, Hemsworth in, in Star Wars. I mean, yeah, he was in Star Trek for a little bit, too. Barely. I mean, they were going to have him in the... The failed episode four that uh, I don't think will ever happen now, but huh? it'd have been interesting. Oh yeah, they Hemsworth and Pine, uh, father son, were going to appear in episode oh, four. Oh, Star Trek. Oh yeah, Star Trek. Okay, yeah. you see episode four. I'm like, okay, the failed oh, episode four. I'm like, hold Part on. Part four. <laughs> gotcha. Part four. Yeah, I do remember hearing that, and then the the whole fallout that happened with it. Supposedly, somebody wanted a lot of money. Or they both won a lot of money. It's not okay. Yeah. So for Hemsworth, come on, guy, you're only good as Thor. I hate to say it, but all your other <laughs> movies don't do that well. Not that you're a bad actor. And then Pine, what's he doing? Wonder Woman is coming out. Okay, uh-huh. but how does that even work? By the way, <laughs> this is he's played Steve Trevor in the '80s. So is he like the distant kid of Steve Trevor? And is it like, does he make out with the guy whose grandpa made out with? It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the answers. I'm going to watch it. And I know. Discover. I know. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, Star Wars. A few different things that we're going to be getting to and discussing tonight. Uh, I'm sure the main thing that's on everybody's minds right now, including mine, is the whole trailer tickets thing. Uh, it, it's been very interesting because you have legitimate sources for the past like week have been saying it would be tonight. Cause we're recording on Monday night of the 14th. Some people have been saying it would be tonight. And some people have been saying it'd be the 21st. Now, Jason, 
at Making Star Wars not that long ago said he's been here on the 21st. So that's kind of what I, I've been planning on in the back of my head and just going with. Um, but it's really weird. It, I almost feel like it was going to be tonight and then they had to push it back a week because you do have perfectly legitimate sources on the other side saying tonight. So um, that's kind of where it stands. I feel like most I'm, I'm going to be checking just in case, but most likely I don't think we're going to have a trailer or tickets tonight. And or this is going to be a very exciting episode, and uh, and I think that will officially come next week. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at this point, you know, trailer comes out when trailer comes out. Yeah, I'm concerned about well, tickets. Sure. But yeah, now I, I can actually yeah. see if I go to my AMC Movies app, I can actually see that they have a placeholder for for uh, Star Wars now, right? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I'm like the. The trailer, like you said, I'm like it'll be cool, and I'm looking forward to it. But the main, my main thing is the tickets. That, that's what yeah. my focus is on. And Tim, what's with the people online who are legitimately saying, "I don't even need a trailer"? Well, we I mean, I feel like they're saying that they're going to see the movie regardless of the trailer, which I think is but, most people. But that's not the point of the trailer. But right you're now. Star Wars. But you're a Star Wars fan. It's like me saying, I'm going to see the movie no matter whether there's a trailer or not. Yeah, because I'm a Star Wars fan. Look, I have a Star Wars book. I can see another Star Wars book. I can see one, two, three, 15 Star Wars books. Look, there's a Slave One. There's a Nadat. I'm a Star Wars fan. Most of the people online that are saying, I don't need a trailer, are Star Wars fans. This type of marketing is not for us. Right, they don't really, other than the celebration type stuff or the comic con type stuff, right the marketing is not whether it's been so long that we need a trailer or not that releasing a trailer in t v spots are not to make us happy. they are a part of some plan that they have that they think you know works for them, whether or not we need a trailer, you know it's kind of ridiculous now, I do think within that though, there are things that they can do to make marketing better. You know, I think they seriously dropped the ball on Solo with how they described some of this stuff. Right. And, and by the yeah. way, we, The Mandalorian is coming out in less than a month. Right. I mean, they've been focusing on... Today was a pretty... I don't know if you saw that. That See, a lot of people said it was spam, but for me it was glorious. It was a list of every single title that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, they just tweeted it out one at a time. Uh, the Disney Plus official account. And so it was cool actually seeing what's coming right but you know there's not a lot on, on I, I imagine we'll start to see it would really make sense to put on at least channel seven because it's owned by or channel seven sorry that's my area uh abc is is owned by um disney hey abc seven at, at my area too is it okay yeah so it, it would be interesting or, or a nice way of doing it would have them have a little uh Mandalorian sneak peek as well as maybe Lady and the Tramp sneak peek and this is what's coming to Disney Plus. Yeah. I don't even know if that's legal uh, <laughs> from Monopoly interests or whatever, but I imagine you could cross promote. I mean, they do it all the time. No no one's complaining that uh you know, Monday Night Football is gonna have a advertisement for Star Wars, which is technically cross promotion, so who knows? I mean, technically, but again, it is all owned by Disney. Sure. I mean, you know, I don't know if they pay themselves for airtime. <laughs> they probably do for legal reasons. You know, like for, they just move dollars from this account to that account. Right. 
but you know as far as far as marketing goes you know i honestly thought that solo they could have made mention of the fact that you know this is the story of a young han solo it's obvious for us but you know as a person watching it like you know how he turned out or you know watch his beginning yeah, I could see like an average person seeing the trailer, not knowing anything about the movie, and just thinking, "Okay, he looks different. Why?" <laughs> right, and then being, and then the next commercial comes up, and they're like, "Oh, okay, uh, diabetes." What? <laughs> you know, or, or or in this one, they really need to market more than the ending of a story. You know, you need yeah. to to drill home that. This is part nine, and and I think in many ways I get what they're trying to do, but but I think dropping the the numbers has kind of failed in a way. You I mean, know, you I think? haven't I haven't really thought about that since the Force Awakens because I do remember when that first teaser came out, and there really wasn't an episode seven presence in, in it. I thought about it at that time, but since then it hasn't really occurred to me. Um, but I do think you're right. Where I do think that the episodic element to the titles is what a lot of people identify and associate with the main line of stories. So even if they can't even walk up to some random person and be like, Hey, what was the title of episode three? You know, they may or may not be able to remember it hopefully, but if they see a trailer and it says episode nine and they know it's also is going to be the last one, I do think that does a better job of tying into the franchise up until now. Yeah, and I think, you know, the whole idea initially of them, remember when they were going to do the anthology or, or a Star Wars story or whatever, they yeah. definitely didn't use that enough in, in, uh, in the marketing. Right. But it because people thought Rogue One was a sequel to The Force Awakens. You remember this conversation we had. Oh, yeah. There were people like, oh, what? We just had one. Does this have the, the girl in it? And yeah, who's you know, this if, now? If, right. If they had marketed episode seven as episode seven the force awakens then when you market you know rogue one i i think you can differentiate a little bit i mean you know it's kind of weird because on the other hand you, you could see disney's perspective or lucasfilm's perspective being it's not that hard to figure out what's going on but you don't want to rely on people to have to figure it out though you should hopefully be able to make it easy enough that no one has to look into anything. They just get it right off of your promotional material. You would think. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> like, there, I there are people, people who are going to, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, even within Solo, there are some people who have said that Darth Maul should not have been involved because so many people don't understand that he's still alive and it was just confusing, blah, blah, blah. I'm fine with that because in the movie, it's not like it has a you know pivotal moment in the, in the storyline. It could have been anybody, and, and the story would go the same. So the majority of people, if they want to go home and look it up and find out what happened with the Clone Wars and all that stuff, cool, good for you. You now have a new area you might not have known about to explore some more. Um, but that's just like for as an Easter egg or something in a movie itself. When it comes to getting people in the theater to watch it, that's a little bit different with how it should work. No, yeah, I agree. You know, and there's been... There's been a uh, what was it? What did I watch? Oh, I watched uh, Fast and Furious. Hmm. And uh, when I remember watching, going, "Oh, she's alive!" You know, Letty, one of the main characters, died, and I think it was episode four, maybe between four and five, and then she shows up in like five or six, and I was like, "She's alive!" 
<laughs> and and that's how the movie ended. The movie ended with like, you know, at one of the the end credit scenes, they show a picture of her, and it's like, Ooh. and okay. I, I I dealt with it. You know, people thought Darth Maul was dead. Then he shows up, and they're like, oh, he's alive. And then you hopefully find out in the next movie, which isn't coming, but there's certainly other stuff you can find out if you're really, if you're really that interested. Right. They do that. They do that stuff in in uh, movies all the time. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking now. <laughs> like I said at the beginning, I think it's we should be fairly confident that the tickets and trailer are going to be next week. But I'm looking online now at, at different areas, and there are people who are still like, you know, Monday Night Football is just starting, so halftime is in an hour and a half. They have an hour and a half to announce that it's coming. <laughs> I mean, maybe they should just have tickets go on sale and not tell anybody. Well, I mean, I'll be ready. I have half Fandango pulled up and refreshing, but <laughs> but you know they, they want they want those stats fastest amount of time eight million tickets were sold or you know and and that's why I honestly think they're going to give you time. They're going to announce it on Good Morning America, you know, or they're going to announce it here to let you know it's coming so that you can be ready for your tickets and it's going to be all over the internet. You know, I, I don't see them uh, just springing the trailer on you. Yeah, yeah, I really don't see that either. No. It makes zero sense. Well, I mean, you know, who knows what the way they market things, but it makes zero sense in terms of marketing. I mean, yeah, they could do it, but I don't see it happening. Hey, guys. Trailer's here. Because they get to have time, like, oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> just to let everybody know, we're going to show totally, a trailer. Totally forgot to tell you. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, okay, all right. Um... So again, we do have some stuff to be to be getting to, some conversations to have. But we I guess do. one thing I want to mention first is we're going to go to Mark because we're going to get Mark's perception of resistance so far. Oh. Okay, so let me be completely honest here, and I'll finish it next week. But um, I, I was having problems getting it last, last, uh, yesterday because of my service or whatever wasn't allowing it. And then I got home and I was doing stuff on the computer for my schooling. And then uh, it, I was like, oh, I got resistance. So I only watched like 10 minutes of it before I jumped on the, um, jumped on the, the podcast here. Uh-huh. But so far, again, visuals, fantastic. Colors are even more vibrant than the last episode. And now from what I can tell, it's tying in or it's, it's where Last Jedi is in the timeline. Like they o- just arrived. with that? Yeah. Well, they just arrived on Dakar. Uh, and the base is gone. There is what's it called? What's it called? Debris. Yeah. Should be more battlefield debris from. There's X-wings. There's a broken dreadnought. And you know when I last ended, they they go on board the dreadnought, and I assume that's uh, the one that Poe bombed, or the one that Poe was attacking. With the beginning uh, of last year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty positive that, that that's probably what it is. So we should be. I mean, how how long did the last day take place? It it was like two days, three days. About. I mean, yeah, is it was, that? It, it was you know within days of um, the Force Awakens is in its entirety. So I would think it would just be a couple days. Right. I mean, um, but I'm I'm asking like when it starts. The last day to when it ends. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's I think it's a total of a couple days. Yeah, right. So this is, has to 
be either at this point they're on crate or they're on the run from the supremacy uh, Snoke ship. So the, the possibilities are interesting considering this is only what the second episode and there's 20 total this season. I could, I mean, I could see them dragging it out um, because this is the last season and they've talked about how they want it to overlap or lead into the rise of Skywalker. So, I mean, we only have uh, two months until that movie's out. So you can have just a handful of episodes about them catching up, so to speak, to the, the resistance, and then a handful of episodes about them, you know, integrating with them and setting everything up so that the timing could go well. So where when the Rise of Skywalker is coming out, they'll just fit right into that storyline. I mean, we could see Ray in here, possibly. I mean, we could, um, especially with the, the concept of maybe she might be more involved with the Resistance and less uh, on her own separate storyline in this well, one. The, the comic that I just read, it was the first issue. It was, uh, what was that? Let me see if we can find it around here. What it is in the comics. Um, Rise of, was, it was the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker. And it's like right. uh, Allegiance or whatever. Yeah. It's basically Poe and Finn are on a mission uh, and Ray and Leia and Rose Tico and Chewbacca and the droids are on a mission. Uh, they're basically going to Mon Cal to, I guess, get ships. You know, get those giant cruisers from Return of the Jedi. And hopefully somebody says, uh, uh, you know, I'm sorry, we don't even know where your dad's at. Or Akbar is at. He's probably floating somewhere. <laughs> no, why? Enough of that. It's still sore. I they, mean... need, they, they need look. Akbar needs a funeral like Spock's in Wrath of Khan too. No, okay, maybe not. Maybe not that good. No, that is an amazing funeral scene though in in a movie. Well, yeah, but it, it makes me like... want bag. It makes me want bagpipes and an amazing grace. And I'm not even was it Irish Scottish? I'm not uh, even Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, what would you want them to do for Akbar as far as the whole scene? Like, do they just pick up with a certain character as they're leaving it so you know what happened? Or do you want them to, like, have an actual, like, scene for it somewhere? Oh, no, 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 no. You mean, like, a funeral or something? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm I'm just kidding. It's done. Okay. I'm like, I don't see how. In the scheme of things, if they were going to do a funeral, it should have been for Han. Yeah, no, and wasn't there and I, a, a, like a leak early on before, way before The Last Jedi, that they were going to do something with Leia? I thought so. I mean, and, it's still not it's yeah. still not too late to have that in the beginning. Actually, it is now. Well, I, I, I mean, I the, mo- the movie takes place like, a, like what, six months after Last Jedi? About a year. Oh, yeah, they would have already, you know, at least yeah. had some sort of service for him. They would have. It would be nice if they they could still fit in some sort of reference to it happening. But um... well, they show they, they show the in the trailer they show the shot of the uh, of the uh, medal that he received yeah. on Yavin Four. Right. So I don't know if maybe that's her reminiscing. I still don't know. Spoilers. I still don't know where that would be in, in reference to the stuff that we've seen or heard of that is leaked. Yeah, I mean, it could be like a throwaway. 10 second shot of her just doing that before Ray comes in to talk to her or something. Could be. 
I kind of hope that it's a little bit more than that, but I could also see that happening. It was just giving you, showing you the, the mental state that she's in where she's still having a hard time dealing with it and Ben and everything else. So real quick in conclusion, uh, Resistance, uh, I haven't finished it, but so far I'm really, really, really liking this season. Uh, now that I have no preconceptions or preconceived notions of what it's going to be. I mean, last year I obviously... I think I mentioned that I thought it was going to be like a Fast and the Furious in space kind of deal. Right. Uh, now it's like, now I don't know what it's going to be, although it, now it really lives up to its Robotech vibe to it because there's a bunch of people on a ship that may or may not get along uh, and have to live there because they're sort of stranded in space on this giant space fortress, which is, that's Robotech. So. Well, it's also helping live up to the title of the show too, if it making it about the Resistance and their state and how they got to where we know them in the movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, and is one it... other thing. One other thing. Uh, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but his dad's alive, and so is his whole family. Uh, Kaz's family. Ah. He gets a... He gets a... <laughs> um, he, he gets a transmission from them saying they're alive. He's able to talk to them. Uh, his dad says, we're fine. You need to run. And he says, no, I can't run, you know, I, I have this to do. And he says, well, basically, they know who you are. They're going to come after us. And I, and he says something like, they're sending bounty hunters after you, and then it cuts out. Okay. Hey, look. Bounty hunters. I'm like, I, you don't, you don't no. think it's going to actually happen, but how would you make it happen? How would I make what happen? Your favorite have his spot in. He won't. Resistance. He won't be. He won't be because it's way too far off. Uh, that's so sad. I don't see it happening. But how would you do it? If George, like if George, came up and he was like, "By the way, they want me to wrap up resistance, and this is what I want to happen." Write it. How would you do it? Okay, so what I what I would do was I would have a call go out to bounty hunters, right? Uh huh. And it's Bosk. Uh, and it's IG-88, and they're sort of discussing amongst themselves. Oh, and you can throw in Zekas and Forlom and Dengar or whoever else. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and you can have, yeah, it, well, yeah, 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 yeah. And you can have them talk about how this is, we need some serious help for this. We need the best. And, <laughs> this looks like a it, job for. <laughs> I want to say, it's time to thaw them out. And so, uh, Boba Fett's in Carbonite. Okay, I mean, that actually that that's not bad. Yeah, this, obviously this is why I ask you these things. Needs a little work, but uh, uh, you know, Boba Fett and Carbonite go together. Oh, you know, this reminds me too. He can still this... be young. <laughs> yeah, you you can do that. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. this conversation reminds me though about with the Mandalorian coming out here. Uh, this somewhat dives. I mean, it's not like a huge storyline spoiler or anything, but this does, I guess, qualify as a, as a spoiler alert. Um, but Jason, uh, with making Star Wars, has said recently they some information that he got about the Mandalorian, and uh, I, I think we can get some quick thoughts on this. He said that there will be someone else of Yoda's species in the series, and at some point, his species will be named in 
the series. And George Lucas was involved with that and with the coming up with the name of what his species is and so on. Uh, but that that it would be happening. So I, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but just for the you know podcast purposes, what do you think about that? Um, the the Yoda people can't be on Tatooine. That's just too much. If he encounters a group of like, let, let's say let's say they're all like druids or whatever, or or they're like uh, Hare Krishnas, uh-huh. and perhaps perhaps they're on like a space station somewhere trying to spread the gospel of the force or something. Right. You know what I mean? And you run into... Guardians of the Wills. Yeah, and and someone's like, get out of here, you you stupid, you know, what is that? Yodelarian or whatever. It would be like, okay, I guess. I'm fine with that. Not the the name Yodelarian, but uh, (laughs) the idea that other people know of them, but you always got his mystique, you know. I, I don't, I don't really want to know. Personally, if it was my choice, you don't ever delve into Yoda's backstory until you do a show on him, or a movie on him, or a animated series on him. His stuff's too big to just be name dropped. So I find myself going back to what we've talked about before with like Chris McQuarrie and the uh, Edge of Tomorrow stuff and all this. Not yes. everything needs to be explained. Not everything needs to have an answer or information about it, whatever. Especially with Star Wars, you have literal entire books with explanations of things that are not explained in the movie and so on. And it's cool and it's great. We love the lore and all this. But there are some things, it was almost like a, a fun fan thing that you knew, hey, Yoda species is not named. I, I, I'm not as much concerned about there being others in there. I mean, we have Yaddle, you know, and and it's kind of easy sometimes to make fun of Yaddle and the involvement of Yaddle in the movies and all this, right? But if they have another one, okay, I can work with that. But first off, I, I hope we don't hear the, the new ones speaking because I don't want to know if they speak the same as Yoda or different, you know? And I don't know, just naming it, if you're going to have it named, it absolutely has to be George Lucas who does it. So I'm happy that it seems to have gone that that way. But just don't answer everything. Just leave some things as fun, mysterious stuff for the fans to think about if they want to. I agree with that. But if you are George Lucas and John Favreau is like, hey, you got to come up with a name for these Yoda-lings. He probably already had a name for them. Probably, but you know, what would you do? What would I what would I say if I was George Lucas, or what would I name him? Well, if you are George Lucas, what would you name the species? Oh man, I don't know, doyos. And if Yoda like flip... <laughs> doyos, we are. I love how you just threw that out there. Yeah. Oh, doyos. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm more I'm more interested in saying in the thing that. You know, along the same lines, uh, Jason MakingStarWars.net also reported that there were still some big surprises in the series. We haven't heard everything. Right. There's some, there's some really big moments, and I'm still hoping that that big moment is Boba Fett. I really wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I, I think I said this last time, but like, I'm not expecting it to happen, but if it does, I would not be shocked. Because here's the deal. So I went to Force Friday, Triple Force Friday. I went out. I happened to be off. I went out with my wife to... Disney Walk, downtown Disney. Uh-huh. What we basically have here is there is the Disneyland Hotels, 
And then there is a group of shops and walkways and like, you know, Disney entertainment connecting those hotels to the front gate yeah. at Disneyland. And it's about two miles, mile and a half maybe of, of cool stuff. So they also have a giant, huge, it's called World of Disney. It's like the biggest Disney store you could possibly imagine. Uh-huh. Um, so I went in there. They have one whole section devoted to uh, to Star Wars. And there was the, the Triple Force Friday stuff. There was some, you know, uh, Sith stuff or Sith Trooper stuff. And there was some of the new small, uh, what is it, Galaxy of Adventures action figures. Yeah. Uh, which are kind of cool. I mean, you know, obviously it's not what you and I grew up with, but. They're kind of cool for a new generation. Right. And there was like a Mandalorian shirt and there was, you know, um, a couple new like Rise of Skywalker stuff. But there was Boba Fett merchandise. Now, granted, the symbol, right? Right. The, the Mandalorian symbol is, I guess, now what? The Mandalorian symbol as well? But people yeah. know that it's Boba Fett. You know, I, I ran into a cop the other day. I was sending him behind him in line, and, and he had... Uh, wait, 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 wait. What? You can't just say that and then just try to blow past it. So what happened? <laughs> I was in line. My, my son had to get a copy of his birth certificate. So we were at a, a federal building, and he's standing in front of me, uh, a, okay. a, a cop. And you could see on the butt of his gun, he had the Mandalorian uh, symbol. Okay, nice. Yeah, you just say, you know, came across a cop, blah, blah, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, yeah, and he wasn't, he wasn't like a beat cop. He was a sheriff. So I don't know what, what sheriffs are like in the rest of... Like, was uh, he like the actual sher- elected sheriff or like a deputy or... No, we have sheriffs that are in different parts of, of you know, California, and they, they, they pretty much run the prisons, but they also work outside of the prisons, and, and they're tough guys. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I just didn't but, know if he was like the actual like his title no, was the elected no. sheriff or okay. He didn't have a hat or anything either. He wasn't like, yeah, what are you looking at my my gun for? No, I, I said, <laughs> you know, listen, not that I'm staring at your gun, but I love I love that. And he's like, oh, thanks, and that was it. But anyway, okay. so so that symbol <laughs> that symbol was on shirts. Boba Fett was on shirts. There was more Boba Fett merchandise or merchandise that's tied into Boba Fett than there was actual Mandalorian merchandise. And this is at a Star Wars shop on Triple Force Friday. Uh-huh. So what I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, if you're trying to replace the Mandalorian with Boba Fett, or pr- trying to replace Boba Fett with the Mandalorian, that's fine. But what's that little that little meme? Why not have both? Yeah. You know, two times the marketing. I still I don't see the Boba Fett merchandise going away, and I also it also feels like they're ramping it up a little bit because recently they've had Boba Fett like rocket blasters, right? And it's like okay, well if you're trying to scoot over to the Mandalorian, why are you still marketing this stuff? Because he's in the Mandalorian. I could also see them having a, a media blitz for season two involving Boba Fett if they reveal him at the end of this season. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Reveal him at the end. Reveal him at the end. Let him let him go out in a blaze of glory. Well, I mean, you're gonna like have him die in this? Is that what you're saying? I know. Have him go out like Clint Eastwood in, in Unforgiven or whatever. 
You know oh, what I mean? I see. I see. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to live forever. Obviously, I, I don't expect him to last. I just expect him. Here's what I want. <laughs> Boba Fett walks into the room with a cane. No, 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 no. And, and, I'm, and probably Pete's listening. I think Pete's a big Boba Fett fan. Uh, or at least he, he enjoys Boba Fett. Uh, if Haas was listening, I know Haas is a huge, huge fan. But the thing is that is that I know he's cool. They know he's cool. The rest of the world needs a reminder of why he's cool. Yeah, I agree with that. Because we grew up with like, that guy's so cool. We didn't even know why. He just had a mystique about him. The action figure was awesome. He walked on. He could stand toe-to-toe with Darth Vader, and, and, and it's nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the one responsible for catching all the good guys in, in the movie, in Empire Strikes Back. So it's one of those things where we know that he's cool. Yeah, I always feel like he's he, been underutilized. He has, but he needs, to, he needs to have, like, one final, at least... Uh, adventure or mission or, or or story to where you guys go. The, the, all the doubters are like, yeah, he's he's cool. Right. I'm glad he's dead, but you know he's cool. Yeah, no, I can I can see that for sure. Yeah. What? So what other surprises would be there? Like, if, if there are multiple, I don't know what surpri- else could be there. I mean, Java we are, or... aren't going to have any Vader, obviously, because this is after. Uh, Return of the Jedi when this happens. Well, okay, not Jabba, but wasn't there rumors that there was a hut somewhere? Probably. I mean, especially if this is on Tatooine. You know, you could you could end with him doing whatever whatever he's tasked to do, and then he gets a new bounty or a new mission and goes and talk to the person, and it's like Steve the Hut. <laughs> well, because yeah. I, I doubt that the Hut cartel just collapsed all of a sudden. With Java gone, I'm sure they have you know hierarchies and ranks and all this stuff to to keep it going. So that can be. I'm sure they can continue that storyline with this too. Can, yeah, can you imagine? The, oh, go ahead. I'm like the the, the Mandalorian or Pedro Pascal just having a standoff meeting with the Huts in one of like, like a Java's palace type of place. How cool would that be? Well, it, why wouldn't it be Java's palace? Because you know, the minute all that Could goes be. down, the Huts aren't going to go. Oh well, so much for Tatooine, right? you know, someone's flying in and there's a new hut installed right there. Now, whether Zero. he's a... Zero's dead, but whether he's a strong oh, hut yeah. or a weak hut or whatever, there should be a new hut there. It's still the same Tatooine. I mean, that would be really cool. Yeah. Maybe a new ranker. He's like, Ooh. new ranker keeper. Or like an Ackley new... instead. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. you just said the right words. <laughs> yeah i mean you know i don't say why not it would be it'd be kind of cool well i mean and it'd again, be, the fan, good news... it'd be fan service that makes sense yeah oh yeah and, and this is good news because we have still less than a month now until the mandalorian is out so we'll be able to start getting some of these answers here pretty soon and start you know it's only one episode at a time but we'll start to get some cool stuff here in less than a month how many how many episodes is it eight uh, I think so. I don't remember. That's just so cool. Can I just say how cool it is that we're getting a new a new episode every week? I know some people yeah. really wanted to binge this, but but just the the online conversations, you know, it, unless it's horrible and it and it drives people to uh, argue like the Last Jedi. This is one of those scenarios to where I'm not saying Last Jedi is horrible. Stop, all you people, <laughs> all five all five of you that want to argue. 
but you know, this is, may bring people together. Well, sure. Everybody, everybody seems to like Filoni and uh, and Favreau, so that the the FF. <laughs> well, yeah, and this is the first um, live action series that we've had. So having it released, especially being the first one on a you know week to week basis, makes sense, and that's how it was originally intended. That going back to thirteen thirteen or whatever it was called was that the, no, that was the game, right? That was the game. Underworld. Uh, I think so it was Underworld was the other idea. Yeah. Yeah, going back to that, where you had the however many dozens of scripts that they had for a week to week basis for that show and that series. So we we could eventually get to a place where there is some show that is bingeable and you know people watch it season at a time. That'd be cool, honestly. It'd be a new way to experience Star Wars. But for the first one, the first live action, let's you know let's keep it traditional and let's get a week to week show. That'd be great. Well, and then is Nick Nolte really playing an Ugnaught? Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, especially since he was at one point not that far away from playing Han. It's pretty cool that he's now playing an Ugnaught. Well, and, and then and then I start thinking about it. You know, Nick Nolte. One of my favorite Nick Nolte films or movies is Forty Eight Hours and another Forty Eight Hours with Eddie Murphy. You know, Eddie Murphy played a small donkey in Shrek, and we've got you know Nick Nolte playing a small Ugnaught in uh, Mandalorian. It, it seems like they're the careers are intertwining. <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe that was stupid, but hey. Well, I'll tell you what. The, you know, one of the other things that we were going to go over um, involves stuff that we, and by we, I mean you and I especially, discuss and more so than other podcasts and all that, which is, of course, the music for the episode nine. Um, there was an Instagram picture that was released, and I... I trying to pull it up because I don't remember who put it out. Uh, the Instagram account is JKMS Music. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joanne something music services. Joanne Kane music services. Yes, that's yeah. her. Yep. She's like the the big one. Yeah, and, they, and they, there's an image of people working on, you know, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> drawing a blank, uh, sheet music. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're like filing it or whatever is going on there. Um, what's interesting about it is that if you zoom in, you can see where the sheet music says Star Wars Episode Nine on it. So, so like you have to know that that's what you're looking for in order to see it. Yeah, okay, no, sure. I'm not saying it's not it, but like, and and then eyes to notice it. Kind yeah. Of thing. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. Well, I mean, the main thing that they have here is relating to the end credits music. And to make a long story short, it seems, and this there was partly due to some assistance from people at the John Williams Fan Forum, which is a great place to go if you're interested in this sort of thing. Uh, great, I can I think it's a great community. Um, it says that the end credits music for the Rise of Skywalker is about 300 bars, and you're looking at um, between eight to 90. ten minutes. I'd say yeah, it depends on like the you know the the rhythm and pacing and all that, but. Approximately yeah. there. Yeah. That's going to turn me on, don't you, Tim? <laughs> I mean, eight, that's, to, that's... eight to ten minutes end credits. Yeah. Well, and even if they, because oh. here's the other thing, they've done this before with, with Star Wars movies, where the end credits music is longer than the end credits itself, so they can edit it down for the credits. But then, when you listen to the actual score itself, you have the full length 
credits music. Correct. So I'm I think last sure... year I had some edits in there. Yeah, it did. I'm pretty sure that the end credits for The Rise of Skywalker is probably not going to be 10 minutes long. Uh, but the good news is that for those of us who get to listen to it later, we're going to get it all. Do we get Do we get a... It may be overdone now because, because of Endgame, but do we get like the the faces of everybody? No. No? I mean, you know, damn it, Endgame. <laughs> I, I, yeah, Endgame had one of the best credit sequences I've ever... Like, it was awesome. But you know, you know, Undiscovered Country for Star Trek is pretty damn cool. That's the first one I know that did that type of thing. Right. Well, but especially with like the signatures that they were doing. Yes. And, just the, emphasis, yep. and the emphasis on Tony slash Robert Downey Jr. at the end. It was really cool. It was well done. But you've seen Undiscovered Country, right? Star Trek? Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. Yeah, they do the signatures thing. Yeah, I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm talking more like uh, this would be kind of like... Uh, yeah, it'd be definitely a cheesy seventies, eighties movie, but they show the the face of the person and the actor's name. You don't think we're gonna get like, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi, and it shows both of them. You know, the only thing at this point that has existed in every single Star Wars movie is the uh, the end credits and how the blue font against the stars, all that. And that's what you want. You want to keep it that way. Well, I just I, I don't see them changing it because again, at this point, that's the only <sighs> thing that's in. All of them. Yep. Even but, the opening crawl isn't there anymore in every single one. So, and there was a oh, time when people. All right. Well, I'm saying there was a time when people thought that was like sacrosanct. It would be in every single one, and it's not anymore, which is fine. I mean, I, I like what they did with Solo and Rogue One, but um, I, they, they still have the same ending. And Brian Johnson said something I think at one point about him, his involvement with the movies that he is potentially going to be making. Um, and he, he made some reference to that still being the end of it anyway, because that's just what it is every single time. I'm excited for music, and I'm sad. Because it's the last one? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, been a, it's been a surprising sort of uh, John Williams good time. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like we, got, we got Galaxy's Edge music. We had him contributing to Solo. We had him put out like two or three new concert pieces i think for star wars we had hand of the princess and then we had uh uh maybe it was just hand of the princess that came out uh, what i would like to see him do you know is to create more of like a symphony does that make sense yeah really kind of put out like a final album of you know sort of reworked star wars music right um now, as far as that goes, music goes, what do you want the most? We've probably talked about it, but what do you want the most? Uh, <laughs> from from this, from his music in this one. Like to, to make a, a return appearance in the Rest of Skywalker soundtrack? Could be return appearance, something that hasn't been uh, created yet. It could be just something that you oh, would, man. that you like, that you want to flesh out. Like, what possibility? Because some people are like, "There's going to be Duel of the Fates," and I'm sure for some people, the return to Duel of the Fates may be the thing that they want. Me personally, I mean, while I would have loved the Finn theme, I think it's too late. 
you, you know, you can't just throw it out there all of a sudden. I, I would like a nice, nice, nice sort of complex Kyler Wren slash Ben Solo theme or concert suite. Yeah, especially if we get Ben Demption and uh Yeah. I, I did I put in that the... music at the end of the one or two weeks ago, whenever we had that episode. Did. Yeah. I heard it. I, I, I really like yeah, there to be some sort of you know, you could really do it justice. Well, he could, because he's John Williams. Right. For you though, what do you, what do you want? Uh, I mean that is kind of hard. I, I... <laughs> like you can change your mind next week, but what's the one thing that pops out to you right now? Well, the first thing that came into my head is a, and this is partly dependent on the mixing too, because with solo we did we had reminiscence therapy right, and they had a lot of great things in there, a lot of great cues that were incorporated into one track, and uh, Asteroid Field was one of those. However, in the context of the movie itself, you would barely know it was there, so. Sure. I would love it if there could be uh, some scene where the Falcon is out doing its thing and you get a full blast asteroid field music with that scene. That would make me very happy. Nice. Um, are we, 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 are we, we in are, spoiler territory? Basically. I mean, we are expecting um, Duel of the Fates most likely to be in this one. From uh, Don Williams, when he was given that interview we talked about a few weeks ago, um, he says something about the returning themes that we would hear in this because he, he said, like, John's throwing everything into it. So I think he said the Imperial March is in there, Yoda's theme is in there, and he said the Phantom is in there, which I think is what people are assuming is Duel of the Fates. Um, now, did you mention, though, that, that random, like, poster where a guy said one of the tracks, what the name was? I didn't mention that yet, but I can, I can actually pull that up here. I, I know what it was. It was Falcon's okay. Last Ride. Yeah, that's right. If that if that's really true, will you cry? Oh, uh, I mean, it it depends, <laughs> like on context. Tim, no context. The Falcon <laughs> is the Falcon is no more. Are you crying? Come on, I'm crying. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't know. And that would be that would be like. That's not the ending I want. I mean, in the leaks and stuff that we have so far, we haven't had any indication. Uh, we know Jason said for a while that the Falcon gets pretty beat up at some points, but it's not gone like Ben. <laughs> so oh, I don't even know if he's gone, though. But, but, and that is true. There, I mean, it, that that's the implication so far, but there hasn't really been an explicit, like, 100% he's gone. Well, then we're going to have to go over maybe next week since, you know, we don't want to run like eight hours on this one, is um, there's been a, re a revision, right? We didn't talk about the revision from the reshoots and what's gone we, and what's... Did we, we didn't talk about that? I don't think we did, did we? Maybe we didn't. I hadn't thought about it because I assumed that we did, but you're right, maybe we didn't. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about how the whole scene with... Uh, I mean, because you and I speak, you and I in a in a group of people right? speak privately about Star Wars spoilers. Right. And so uh, I don't know. It may have just been us talking about it there, but we didn't speak about the, the whole flashback being gone, right? Well, hold on. I'm well, going to pull it up real quick. I mean, it's not going to take that long to run, run through the differences. All right. Well, you can just edit the, the quiet. I mean, or I could sing and dance. You don't have to edit anything. <laughs> 
Well, no, uh, so here we have the um, Jedi Paxis did come out with an update to the Rise of Skywalker uh, storyline that he has. And this one, he actually has is like a PDF that you can get, which is pretty sweet because it involves the entire beginning to end plotline, not separated into the three acts like he did before. And he has all the updates in there, including what was already there before. So if he right, if what changed, he what crossed was it that? out. Uh, when he came out with it? Yeah. Uh, four days ago. So the tenth, which was <laughs> Thursday. So we definitely didn't talk about it. That is correct. Wow, it seems like so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. We'll run. We'll run through some of that. Um. And one yeah, thing to note it. too is that Jason stated that he doesn't think all of these changes are due to reshoots per se, as much as updated information. So some people were thinking like, wow, these are really extensive reshoots. Well, not necessarily. It's just that this is an update which might partly involve reshoots was something that Jason threw in there. Well, again, um, one one could be a script and then they just don't film it or they change it in post or, right. you know. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, making a movie is such a huge feat and involves so many people because of how complex it is. At no point can someone just be like, oh, hey, here's the entire thing. Here you go. And just well, have it be one hundred percent until it's done. One of the one of the craziest things I think it's on the I forget where it's at. It might be on the Star Wars Blu-ray or it's on the DVD, but it's the Spielberg previs for the Grievous Kenobi battle. Do you remember that? Somewhat. Basically, Spielberg came in and helped pre-visualize how that battle is going to go down. Vastly different than what we see yeah so not only like you know i've seen the concept art in detail for that then you've got spielberg's pre-visualization then you've got what's actually there and it's and it's different each each stage is different right so you know who knows at what stage pax has got his information he may have gotten it from a previs on some of this stuff or a screenplay or you know Revise second draft or, or whatever. Certainly. Needless yeah. to say, you know, I, I took the, I, I started recently looking at some of uh, uh, making Star Wars.net's old um, spoilers for The Force Awakens. And right. you can clearly see that a lot of that stuff is based on some concept art uh-huh. that didn't, the concept art, you can see it in the actual concept art books, but what Jason's looking at and making very, very educated guesses at doesn't necessarily pan out. So doesn't mean Jason's lying, doesn't mean Jason's not he's just saying things differently than we are. Well sure. And you also have instances where he was right, like about the beginning of the movie with the floating hand in space and all that. People to this day, I just saw someone the other day being like, Yeah, well he used to say the movie would begin with a hand floating in space. Haha. I was like, well yeah, Mark Hamill said the same thing. So Look, b- bottom line is, is is he had a sketch out there of BB-8 before BB-8 was ever shown. Right. That should at least forever give the guy, like, all right, I'll, let me step back and listen to what he has to say. You know, st- stop giving the guy a hard time for, for, for leaks that he got wrong. Because, trust me, it's not wrong. It's just it may not pan out the way that he's saying not only that, but again, at the end of the day, if you're not interested, if you think he's not accurate or whatever, okay, fine. Don't read his stuff and get over yourself. Move on. <laughs> you know? Well, this is, I... and this is honestly, 
this is honestly the fun of all of it is that when you actually sit down to watch the movie, you're like, I, none of this is what I assumed would happen. Right. You know, or or it's very close. So so even though you're spoiled, you don't know you don't know what you're spoiled to or what you're not spoiled to or what changed or what didn't change or you know, the experience is very different than, you know, reading about it or getting spoiled by it. So it's all yeah, fun. Or, I mean, I mean you, what else you, are you gonna do? You can be like me where half the, the fun and enjoyment of seeing a movie is seeing the art of it, the context of it, or the nuances and how oh, yeah. certain things are done certain ways, and you're not going to fully appreciate that unless you know what they were trying to do in the first place. So like, that's where how I come from it, or come at it from my angle. Uh, but the, the changes real quick. Um, Jedi Pax has put in here that one thing has changed being the very, very opening of the movie, which was originally going to have the flashback to Luke and Leia training, and uh, on presumably Endor, they were their young selves, all this. Um, he now says, according to my sources, this scene is no longer the opening of the film and may be cut entirely in favor of dialogue between Ray and the ghost of Luke later on in the film. The current right, opening right. is as follows. And it goes to Exegol and says the film now apparently begins with the shot of a control tower rising from the ground of the planet. The control tower begins transmitting a signal. Some rumbling below the surface of the planet begins. And then the Star Destroyers of the Sith fleet break through the dark, rocky surface of the planet and rise into the air. Apparently, this change was made to establish the fleet as a threat from the very beginning, as well as coordinate with changes made back in the back half of the film during reshoots. So I can see this being a very cool, very Star Wars-y kind of opening if it begins with a transmitting signal. Well, and then also, I think in many ways, what it does establish is that... Palpatine is not, what is it? Palpatine is not waiting for things to happen to him. Palpatine is instigating action. He's inciting, you know, he's sending a message out. He's getting his fleet ready. He's probably the one who's out there letting Kylo know there's somebody else out here besides you. He's trying to bring, the Phantom Menace is trying to set everything up to bring these people to him because he's ready to finish his plan. Right. You start off with Kylo Ren just stumbling upon, I think there's something something else behind Snoke, then it, I don't think it has the same power. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I do like what you're saying. Well, because uh, how other... Yeah, I didn't even think about it until actually you said that either. But, <laughs> I mean, how, how, how else should it be at that point then? Because if you think about it the way that it's been laid out, that they kind of stumble upon him. Right. And then his plans somehow involve them. It would be much stronger an opening to realize that he's got something going on and that they're just pawns in his plan. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it puts him more in the mastermind role as opposed to reactive. Right, the mastermind who started in episode one. Right. Now finishing it off in episode nine. Yeah. It makes it, makes it more proactive is, is, I guess, the word we're looking for. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's very true. Uh, let's see. Next, it goes like you know, like you expect. It goes to Kylo and all this stuff, as we already know. Um, the next thing to change is that he is no longer. It says he slaughters his Kylo slaughters his way through the natives, um, and he no longer goes to the Oracle next. Um, according to his sources, the Oracle sequence has been removed from the film in the wake of reshoots favor favoring the following. I like that. I, I do. Like, from the beginning, when I saw the concept art for the Oracle, I was like, yeah, okay. Like, it looks uh, where did you, con- you see concept art for Oracle? 
Oh, well, it wasn't. Con- it was a uh, like a recreation of concept you art. liar. You saw some concept art somewhere, and you're just trying to hide it. <laughs> I know you. Um, I'm just saying, I wasn't a fan of it. Oh, Tim, you and I are gonna have to have a conversation after class. <laughs> dirty, dirty dog. What currently happens is that Kylo walks toward a castle slash tower described as a, uh, something similar in style to Vader's castle seen in Rogue One and finds the Wayfinder in a chest. Prior to getting the <laughs> Wayfinder, Kylo has what was described as a split-second PTSD flashback to Han and Luke. What this means exactly is unknown currently, but Paxis' source made it clear that the voiceover and flashbacks of this nature are very easy to drop in and out. So, ooh, ooh. so it's possible that this might not be the make it to the final cut. What did you see these uh, these kinds of arts at celebration? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Son of a. Kylo then hears yeah. a voice that the audience should be able to identify as Palpatine calling Kylo to come to him. Apparently, Kylo killing natives is toned down a bit to provide a smoother transition between evil Kylo in the beginning and good Ben at the end. I'm also told that well, the see, Oracle was removed because it was deemed too confusing for audiences. Well, there you go also, though, with Palpatine's calling to him. Mm-hmm. He's not, I mean, I get it. He's not learning about Palpatine from an Oracle or a Wayfinder necessarily. He's got Palpatine from across space going, hey, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm saying it kind of, kind of dorky or whatever, but <laughs> again, it makes more sense I that he's the one. Yeah, come. come here, Ben. It makes more sense that he's the one calling the <laughs> shots and telling him, yeah, come, come to me. He's the one who's instigating the action rather than they just happen to stumble upon an old man who's like, hey, I have cookies. <laughs> no. All right, go so. ahead. So was there a second where you were starting to do an impersonation of the Emperor and then bailed on it? <laughs> I have oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what Well, you're, you're really kind of starting to cut out a little bit, actually, on my end. Is, is, is Ben an oatmeal cookie guy? Uh, no, probably not. No? More chocolate chip? Or is it like macadamia nut? Yeah, I mean, it's probably uh, double chocolate chip because he can go as black as he can get. Think so? Like the, the darker the cookie, the better for Kylo. More snickerdoodle, maybe? If it's burned. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, what do we have next? Uh, the next part where we pick up with Leia and Rey training together. Um, reshoots have apparently amended Ray's mental training to be focused around trying to communicate with Jedi past or with the past Jedi uh, who have become one with the Force. So there is the physical training and then her more mental side of it is specifically focusing more on the communication aspect. Um, in frustration with this mental training, Ray you know, asks if she can do the physical training instead so on and so forth. Um, Reshoots have added a greater sense of anger in Rey during her physical training. In her anger, she cuts down a tree which falls on BB-8 and damages him. Which is this is me personally talking here. That's messed up. Well, I think this is where we see one of his orange rings is not on him in some of the toys and stuff. I'm guessing that is what that's from. 
Okay, but here's the deal then. If, if this is part of the reshoot then, and they already have toys for it, the information that Paxis is working from is very old. Right. I mean, that's that's let's not be mistaken here. This may have never even been filmed. His information. Yeah. No, we have no idea yet where along the line this is happening. I'm sure it right. is relatively accurate all in all at the end of the day. But yeah, it could be Well, yeah, I think I think the beats are all still the same, but but if right. but if we're if if he's kind of saying these are the reshoots, but there's a toy already for it and we know that the reshoots right. just kind of ended the other day, right? Right. Then this may have been not so much a reshoot, but just I know he doesn't want to mess up his sources, but it may really have just been an early version of the screenplay. Which is kind of what Jason was saying. Yeah. Which so, is yeah. kind of what... Uh, imagine imagine if you got an early version of uh, Return of the Jedi screenplay, and you're like, the ending has Yoda coming back, and Obi-Wan's coming back, and they're gonna, like, fight over lava, and they're gonna pull him out, and you'd be like, whoa! And you get there, and you're like, what? Yeah. Wires. Right. There's no Obi-Wan and Ben. They said early on... We can't, we can't help out. So yeah, I mean, you know, it just depends on what they, what they read. Right. Uh, it says that after her training, she tries to communicate with Luke, asking him to appear to her, but nothing happens. And Ray gives her lightsaber to Leia, feeling that she is undeserving of it. The reasoning that this scene was, or that these things were added, seems to be to establish Ray's struggle with anger and an inability to communicate with the dead Jedi earlier in the film, which makes her success in the end over those struggles more impactful. Which is kind of a spoiler for the spoiler, but we'll get there. I'm not, I'm not a fan of this this new ending. Let me just say that right now. Well, well, right, yeah, we'll go on. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, the the one minor detail that was added was when Kylo is going down the to meet the Emperor and he's going through this little weird elevator thing. He passes by giant statues was added in there as well, which I think Jason first said. Um, Palpatine is apparently vertical on the bed thing when uh, Kylo finds him, which is somewhat similar to the type of slab that Vader was on at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Nice. So one thing that was scratched is where initially Paxis has said that Kylo initially dismisses the old man, knowing that the Emperor had died over 30 years prior over the forest moon of Endor. Feeling that this must be a trick, Kylo claims that there must be some sort of other explanation, like this man being a clone or something like that. That whole thing has been scratched out. And, um, and the whole thing about the forest dyad and that whole conversation that they had, that's also been scratched out. The scene seems to have been simplified to where he pretty much, he shows up, the old guy's like, hey, I'm the emperor and you need to bring Ray to me. And Kylo's like, okay, <laughs> more or less. Uh, Paxis does say the new version of the scene seems to put Kylo's volatility and anger front and center. Instead of more or less just having a conversation like before, Kylo now apparently threatens Palpatine point blank with his lightsaber after making his way over to him. Well, didn't didn't they kind of establish that? Uh, it, I think in some of the spinoff books or whatever, they kind of established that Kylo basically thought that Vader failed when he turned. I mean, it seems right. So, so Kylo seeing Palpatine being like, "Whoa, I can now kind of, you know, I, I can live up to what my my grandpa never did. Uh, you know, he turned right. on Palpatine. I'm gonna." I'm gonna go side with him, right? And finish yeah. what he started, you know. 
Right. In a way, yeah. Uh, it says the curt words are apparently traded back and forth between the two. It's been indicated that Palpatine does not refute that he died on the Death Star when challenged about it, but kind of responds in a yet here I am sort of way. This new Which should knowledge... be very emperor Well, yeah. <laughs> this new knowledge now changes Pax's belief that this is the real deal emperor and makes him think that there this may be an issue left more open-ended or to something ambiguous or something like that. Um, like the, the McCoy thing, we don't really need it. Yeah, the scene goes on to have Palpatine mocking Kylo's let the past die mindset and talks about how the past is the key to the future. He's told that Palpatine speaks of the Sith fleet being years in the making and the Empire needing a leader to rule it. Palpatine also apparently tells Kylo of Rey's lineage during this conversation. All mentions of the dyad concept have been scrubbed from the film at this point. Uh, the reason for this change is somewhat similar to the removal of the Oracle, where it seems like it was too confusing and it muddied what Sidious's goals were. The removal of the dyad concept uh, streamlines his motivations in Act 3. Let's see. Fair enough. Yeah, no, and, and again, I get that. Like, I, I was all about, like, I think, the concept of adding the lore for the dyad and maybe even explaining the rule of two with the whole dyad. This all stuff was cool and, and it's neat and it sounds good. Um, but I do think there is something to be said about throwing too much at an audience sometimes. And I don't know if this would have done that or not, but if JJ feels like it did and he wants to more streamline the, the thing, if it flows better, you know, that's the reason he's the director. So I'm good to go with it. Uh, we nope. pick up after this with the Finn and Poe on the Falcon going to meet their First Order informant, which we've you know talked about last time. Something that new information here is that the contact's name is apparently Bulio or something to that effect. Uh, the name has been associated with this character um, for a little while, I guess. Um, and uh, oh no, it says in the Millennium Falcon set for Lego Millennium Falcon set for Episode Nine. Uh, Bulio gives them some sort of data encoder with information on it. Another slight thing that's changed, they, they talked before about light springing, was when they would basically make little light speed jumps without calculating them. That has been changed to a light speed skip, being the terminology. And apparently, it, during this chase, when the Falcon is doing a first order ties are following them, and they're trying to do the same thing, but they're having much less success than the Falcon was having at it. I prefer, I prefer a light, light speed springing versus light speed skipping. Yeah, I do too. I think it sounds neater and more in world. Yeah, let, let, let's let's light speed skip. What? <laughs> light speed spring sounds better. Yeah, no, I, I don't know why I said it, it that way for both, but you know, <laughs> light speed skip just sounds like, hey guys, this is me, light speed skip. <laughs> I'm here to tell you all about the cool ways you could. Travel through hyperspace, guy. Like what? Yeah, I'm light speed skip. <laughs> All right, never mind. Sorry, no. we had too much to drink. Hey, I don't know if we're at too much yet. No, no, I'm actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Pax is told that uh, it's been added during the reshoots that Ray yells at Poe for damaging the Falcon while light speed skipping, and Poe yells at Ray for damaging BB-8. Don't say light speed skip. Wait, so so basically, Ray's just an angry, angry son of a gun in this movie, right? I think they're trying to push that idea. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Why'd you damage the Millennium Falcon? I'm like, whoa, hold on. You seen yeah. this thing? This thing gets damaged all the time. Yeah, 
so apparently, originally, you know, they went to um, Leia and talked to her about their mission with the information they got and all that. Uh, that part is somewhat scratched. And now the Resistance reviews the information gleaned from the data encoder that they got from Bulio, and they find out about the Sith fleet and Palpatine's return. I'm told, or so, Taxis is told, that cloning is once again discussed as a possibility, but it's confirmed or denied. He- but it's not confirmed or denied here either. Snook is so apparently- it sounds like, sorry, so it sounds like the vast majority of what they're cutting out is things that were with Leia. Yeah, it does seem that way. Like, perhaps they thought they could pull it off, and then after reviewing special effects or whatever situation they had going, they're like, yeah, we this is going to look really bad, so maybe they cut it and streamline it, because so far we've got the main... We've, we've got the main flashback with Leia gone. Right. Um, we've got this conversation, supposedly, with Leia gone. You know, isn't there... Didn't we see a scene in the trailer where... She hands Leia the lightsaber. Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay. I don't think so. I don't know. Is there a scene in the trailer with Leia and the lightsaber? No. No. Okay. All right. Uh, Never mind. Snoke is apparently dismissed as a pawn working for Palpatine as he plotted his way back to power from the unknown regions. Finn apparently voices concerns over the children that will be needed to be kidnapped, as he was, in order to staff a fleet of this scale. Paxis is told that this section was added in reshoots to provide more clarity to what's going on in the film. So next... So they, they... wanted Snoke to be explained, basically. I, at least somewhat, yeah. And I really do enjoy this next scene that was added to, at least added to the um, storyline, whether or not it was there originally. Again, like we discussed before, it's hard to tell when this came into the, the line. But now they go to a First Order Star Destroyer, and there's a room full of high-ranking First Order officials. Hux and Pride are among them. Bulio's head is apparently thrown onto a table. Kylo states to the room that he knows that there is a spy within the First Order. Kylo seems to be okay with this, because it will draw Rey out of hiding. Paxis is told that one officer suggests that the Sith fleet cannot be trusted, and this officer is subsequently choked, shoved into the ceiling, and dropped to the floor by Kylo. He's told that this was added to give more clarity to the dynamic between the First Order and the Sith fleet. It also establishes that Kylo is still the one calling the shots within the First Order and answers the question of what happened to Poe's contact. So again, I like this because, yeah, it does somewhat more cement Kylo as the supreme leader still and not just someone running around trying to do his own thing. So is, is, uh, is Hux no longer the, the turncoat? Uh, no, still is. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Leia dispatches Poe and Finn, along with Ray, Chewie, BB-8, and 3PO to Pisana, but no longer to meet a contact she has there. They just go there. Uh, before Why? taking Before taking off, a few things were apparently added in reshoots. Leia gives Ray her lightsaber back, and Maz gives Ray a little pep talk before she leaves. First time that we've had Maz included in the storyline, as far as I know. Uh, and she Ray... is she is on the poster, on one of the posters. Yeah. The Brian well, Rude. They added her to the poster, right? They added, yeah, they added her and, and Rose, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray tells the crew that Luke left behind some notes and coordinates within the Jedi text she stole from the tree library on Octo that describe a Sith artifact that might help them. One of the sources says that they go to Pisana to seek out a hermit that Luke knew. Uh, hmm. When they get there, the festival is apparently identified by 3PO as the Aki Aki celebration. 
and it happens once every 42 years. Okay, that's a minor thing, but okay. Uh, it is also, it's now a child that supposedly gives the necklace to Ray instead of um, one of the street vendors or whoever it was before. Um, Kylo does still establish the bond connection uh, with Ray, and their interaction consists of Kylo antagonizing her about her parents and leaving her and selling her. Uh, he tells her that she feels, I guess, yeah, he tells her she feels all alone and there is nobody who understands her except him. Uh, so Kylo still takes the necklace, um, and he does some sort of analysis on it on a, his Star Destroyer and finds out where it's from. Uh, so Ray travels through the crowds to warn her friends of the First Order's knowledge of where they are when uh, First Order stormtroopers show up and ambush them, and they are saved by someone in the crowd who escorts them to a safe area, and that person is Lando. Lando! So it seems like a lot's been removed about the the a lot's been changed regarding and surrounding Ochi. So uh Lando and Luke, when he was saying before that they used to go they went in search of a dagger, uh, that's not the case anymore. They were just going in search of Ochi himself, who they thought was a Sith loyalist. Uh Lando and Luke's quest was for uh him and Sith relics. Uh the dagger wasn't part of their search and it doesn't come into play until a little bit later. He's now, Paxis is now hearing that Ochi of Bestoon is, might be more a complete name for him. Uh, and uh, Lando tells of how he and Luke had been searching the galaxy for Sith artifacts and spent some time tracking Ochi due to his knowledge of the Wayfinders. They eventually track him to Pasana and find his ship, but no Ochi. And pretty much for the next section, they just remove all concept of the dagger, and it's really just about Ochi himself. Apparently, Lando believes that the First Order had a goal of turning the children of the heroes of the Rebellion into their own enemies as a form of revenge. So that's one other quick thing. Um, after they have this kind of conversation, the sound of First Order ties can be heard, and apparently Lando is the one to deliver the I have a bad feeling about this line for this movie. Source has said that... Um, Lando refers to himself as a, a relic now, and he belongs lost in the desert, and that's part of why he doesn't go with the heroes when they leave to escape the First Order. The Resistance group flees the area on speeders. They are chased into the desert by the First Order with the Knights of Ren further behind them, who arrive on Prasanna. It is at this point that the Falcon is located and detained by the First Order. The speeder chase ends with the First Order troopers getting killed. And a little bit later, I'm kind of skipping through, just hitting the new things. It's discovered that Ochi was not just a Sith loyalist, but he was a Sith assassin. And they do find, at this point, a dagger among the remains of Ochi after they come across his stuff. Um, and uh, Ray recalls that it was tradition for Sith assassins to inscribe secrets on their daggers. So they try to give it to 3PO to read, and he actually can read it. But as part of his programming, he cannot provide a literal translation of the text. And so he can probably get the concept of what's going on or something, but he's not able to give them all the information that they need. And in order to get the actual literal translation is where they need to do the hack and all the stuff that we know about before with uh, Babu Frick, right? I love uh, Babu Frick. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to skip some of the things that really aren't, aren't impactful at all. Um, yeah, I'm not really interrupting much because you got a lot to go. Yeah. Um, Let's get to the end. <laughs> uh, they, they... It's yeah, all they, everybody really that... cares about. 
That doesn't. Will he ever be seen again? (laughs) The whole thing there hasn't really changed much. Yeah, Um, no, it's gonna be a problem. Everything with Zori seems to be pretty much the same, except Zori and Ray get into a little bit of a skirmish, and Ray wins, which is why Zori agrees to help them. Uh, again, so the minor things really that are changing. Um, Ray finds and grabs Ochi's dagger, but when she does, it gives her visions of what happened to her parents. Ochi found and killed them with that dagger, and that her parents were trying to hide her from Ochi. When she breaks free of the vision, a bond with Kylo begins. Does C-3PO still do his thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Right, cool. It hasn't really changed. Yeah. Um, Jump to the end. Uh, Ochi was sent to find and recover Ray, not to kill her. Her parents just got in the way. She is still wanted for the darkness that resides within her. So they're still looking for her because of that. Um, a little bit later, when she... Uh, Ray and Kylo are having a confrontation. It's then that Kylo reveals Ray's lineage to her instead of earlier on. Um, no, Kylo is no longer the one who originally we had that Kylo killed Hux for being the mole. Uh, that's no longer the case. He is still the mole, but apparently it's now General Pride who delivers the fatal blow to Hux. Uh, during this period, he tells Kylo that even though he doesn't have the dagger, they know where the resistance is going because they scanned it while it was in their possession. Uh, yeah, at one point, yeah, they, with the First Order attacking Kijimi, all that stuff. Um, he's, uh, Paxus was also told that Rey escapes just barely by jumping into the Falcon while it's on the edge of a hangar. Uh, that's not necessary. Um, apparently, apparently, Luke's appearance to Leia before her death has been cut out. Uh, Paxus is told that this was just a voiceover, so it wasn't too difficult to do, but it's gone at the moment. Although there doesn't seem to be any sign of Luke during Leia's death, he's told that R2 is with her there. This scene and Rey and Kylo's fight on the Death Star are cut back and forth. This was interesting. So, so we, told, Rey, Rey and Kylo are fighting while uh, while she dies? Yeah. Uh. And that's why, well, because in, in the initial act report, they had said that they both react to it. Um, but Ray recovers quicker, so she, that's how she's able to stab Kylo at that point. Was because okay. of that. Um, now he also adds that he's told that Palpatine also senses her death, which makes him more confident now that Ray has nobody to turn to except for him. Which I thought again, this is pretty interesting, throwing him into the mix for this scene. Sometime around here, Palpatine orders Kajimi to be destroyed as the first ships of the Sith fleet reach deployment altitude. Uh. So, uh, the rest of it is the same for now, except for when Ray gets to Octo. Um, Paxis was told that Ray's interactions with Luke have been completely changed or reshot or something, um, but he doesn't really have many specifics about what it does entail now. He just knows that it's different from before. The overall message remains the same, but the specifics are changed. Luke's definitely a Obi-Wan in Return of the Jedi type of guy. Yeah. I mean, sorry, everybody, if, that's what you, if you wanted more. Sorry to myself because I wanted them to possibly show up at the end, but whatever. My ideas suck, apparently. <laughs> um, Paxis is told that uh, one of the other things to change um, is that both Luke and Leia both knew about Ray's heritage. 
this knowledge contributed to Luke's hesitancy to train her, but in the end, it's about your heart and not your genes that really matters. The former opening flashback of the film has been moved to he- or moved here, um, but as far as he knows, they are no longer going to see it happen, but instead have the story of Leia's last day of training told to the audience by Luke. Source tells him that it's stated in this scene that Leia gave up the Jedi path because she had a vision that her child would die and she sought to prevent that. Luke apparently goes on to say that Rey inspired Leia to pick up the path of the Jedi once again and that now a thousand generations live in her, as the teaser said. Boo. <laughs> um, apparently Luke kept Leia's saber with him and again, this, that didn't change much. Uh, it says that when they find out about Leia's death, Chewie has a hard time with it. Uh, again, it's pretty much the same. Originally, uh, Ray transmitted the coordinates of um, where she was into the unknown regions obtained from the Wayfinder device. Um, but that changed where it says this appears that now she's that Finn reveals the information from Dio that leads to Exegol. This is kind of confusing. I don't understand the way this is being worded. But There's basically no Wayfinder anymore, right? Yeah, it really seems like they're pretty much removing that concept. But what's the point of going to the Death Star again, then? Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll understand in the context of the movie. But, I mean, that was the point of going to the Death Star in the first place, was to yeah, find the Wayfinder, it was right? for Rey okay. to find the Emperor Wayfinder, yeah. So, if there is no Wayfinder, then... Unless, oh, no, no, no. There's something about, I think, with the dagger and what it said and what the Luke's text said, all that. I think there was something about she would find something there, and she's going there to see what it is or something like that. Okay. It's like when, when I was on the Death Star, I looked around the room. There's a dagger over in the corner. May say something. <laughs> um, at one point, there's a blockade runner scene in the fleet that's being piloted by a Celestin and a young Moncal. So mm-hmm. it better be Akbar Jr. It better be Baby Akbar. Uh, when yep. Ray first has her meeting with Sidious, the source has told Paxus that there are some sort of royal slash Praetorian guards there. Which is kind of cool. It, excuse me. Don't mean to yawn. Uh, it'll tie it all. The, it'll tie it all together a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, now, uh, with no more mention of the dyad concept, when she's talking to Palpatine, uh, it's a little bit clearer that Palpatine truly wants Ray to strike him down in anger, since Luke didn't the first time. And Palpatine reportedly acknowledges that he extended a very similar offer to Luke years before, but on that day, Luke had his father to save him. Ray has nobody. She tries to resist at first, but slowly begins to lose her resolve. Now, at this point, this is when Ben was going to be making his way in to try to help save Ray, and he was going to just easily take care of all the Knights of Ren using only the Force, right? That's been changed. And now Ben uh, does not use only the Force, and he does have, um, I believe somewhere it said that he does use, have some sort of lightsaber to use, um, but he does get initially beat up by the Knights of Ren. See, I had heard somewhere that, or I'd read somewhere that he does use the Force only and get beat up anyways because he wants to show Ray that there's another way besides killing people. And that makes the most sense to me, actually. That you don't have to stab me like you just stabbed... You, you don't have to stab them like you just stabbed me. Let me show you how you can disarm people. You know, maybe... That. 
maybe he doesn't have maybe he does just use the force and gets beat up because in this next part it says that when Ray's about to kill Palpatine because she sees no way around this, she senses Ben at the last moment. She realizes that she's not alone and initiates a force bond with him to pass off one of her lightsabers to him. One of them being she has Anakin's and Leia's at this point. Ray apparently takes out the guards with Leia's saber while Ben uses Anakin's to dispatch the Knights of Ren. So I think that's where he ultimately, in the end, yeah, ends he up getting Yeah, because he had nothing. Right. Uh, and they yeah, reconvene to face Palpatine together, which is kind of cool. It's kind of reminiscent of the the probably the best scene in the Last Jedi. That was an awesome scene, the throne room part. That was so fantastic. This is kind of reminiscent of that. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, okay, so again, all the dyad references have been removed. Um, it seems like it was Sidious's plan for Ray to kill him and to take over and carry on his legacy, but. Now that he has both Ray and Kyle in front of him, he's like, okay, well, crap, here's plan B. And just just starts to siphon some of life from them into himself and rejuvenates himself. What a jerk. <laughs> um, more stuff. This is more uh, concepts about what the Resistance is doing, how they're fighting. Again, it's, some things have changed, but it's basically the same thing where they're fighting, trying to beat the First Order. Okay. Um, Okay, toward the end, uh, when it seems like all hope is lost for Rey, the specters of Luke and Leia come to her aid, right? That part's been removed. And it now says the Force ghosts are no longer seen in this scene, but it's supposedly Boom. indicated that the Jedi a generation's past are with her in spirit. Okay, so it says that um, she reaches out with the Force asking for help, and she finally begins to commune with Jedi of the past. And the voices that are heard during this time include Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, among others. That's just rare. I mean, it's just random. And with Leia. Leia's one of them, too. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but again, the Force ghosts directly are not a part of that scene, according to Jedi Paxis. Um, Zori, Lando, people like this show up to have a final hurrah in, in the final battle against the First Order. Uh... That's about it. As far as, I mean, everything else is generally the same. I did skip a lot of things that have the same concept with slightly different details. But those are really just the, I guess, more notable changes to happen. So, there you go. So, uh, yeah. So, regarding the end, since you've been waiting to talk about that, Mark, I know you don't like necessarily the changes, but what's up with the end? What do you mean? Like... The, the changes that we have now with it being just the voices only, no Force Ghost, all that. How do you take this ending for that? I'm I know. Say, in, instead of having it be, instead of having it be the end to a to the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah. To where it's Luke comes, Leia comes, Anakin comes, or even variations on those. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like she hears the voices of Ahsoka and Obi Wan. Somebody, she's like. Who? <laughs> Who's this? They have nothing to do with her. You know what I mean? It's like I'm still. I mean, I'm still holding on. I'm still holding out hope that this is still not the complete final version of what we got. Maybe with reshoots or whatever that that been happening. Like you said, they just wrapped a couple days ago. Hopefully, those include some references to physical force ghosts. For hopefully, for Luke, Anakin, Leia, maybe Ben depends on what happens with him. Because again, Look, that, even... that is so cool, and it gives more context to the title being the Rise of Skywalker. Like they suggest that 
she sees Force Ghost standing, you know, at the ending on uh, Tatooine or whatever. Right. And and I suppose if that's the only place you see Anakin and Leia and Luke or whatever all standing there together, the Skywalkers or the Skywalker line looking at her on Tatooine, then, okay, I suppose I could deal with that. I mean, I, I'm not going to hate it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to hate it, but it has to be there. Like, if, if it's not, like, if they don't have a Force Ghost presence for Anakin, especially, and I, I'm going to write. And I still want her to look up in the twin suns and, like, Alice faces in one of them. <laughs> I still want it to be a twin sunrise, but you know that would I, that would be good. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I I still feel like again it would be great to have their physical ghost presence in this scene taking on the emperor. Um, I don't know how it would work. I don't know like how directly involved they would be or anything. Maybe that's why they took it out. Maybe they're like it's too cheesy or it doesn't quite work to have a physical ghost there helping a. A physical ray take on a physical Palpatine. They couldn't maybe get it to quite work. But I, I like to have that concept of, again, a final battle involving Force Ghost Anakin and so on. Like multi generations of Skywalker all participating in a final battle to win. That, that's what it's about. That's what would be cool. Where's, where's Matt Smith? Uh, I think, didn't Jason say he's starting to think he might actually not be in it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should start. I think I heard that. Everyone's like, "Where's Rose? We should start. Where's Matt Smith?" I think I, I think I remember I reading somewhere that, J- that Jason said he's starting to hear that he might actually not be in it, and it's been really weird with how it's all gone down. Let's see if we can find the most weird word, uh, picture of Matt Smith. Let's see. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, I completely forgot to cover that, guys. Everybody, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it seems like it's been so long since this came out, but yeah. Add to photos, Twitter, podcast twenty eight seven account, compose where hashtag. Oh, apparently, it's almost halftime for Monday Night Football. It's thirteen ten. The Lions are beating the Packers. Where's do I need to? You can't put a posture in Matt. Not Maddie. Where's Matt Smith? Where's Matt Smith? picture you know question mark <laughs> tweet all right done tweet tweet all right so yeah okay. yeah we've got got to run through that real quick okay so next time next week yeah. hopefully will actually be the trailer ticket week hopefully fingers crossed i don't even know anymore uh, again that is what jason's saying he thinks is the case the 21st is his belief at this point um so that means at this point that is also my thought but we'll see what happens but yeah that's that's the hope see i'm not sure how we're gonna work this mark uh we'll need to figure it out because if it's probably again halftime starting now for the game so it probably would be about now that the trailer and tickets go on sale uh yeah, we could we could do it all we could do it all uh where it's like you get to hear our frustration you just record me and you're trying to get tickets like so you could leave it like where it's unedited like mother <laughs> it's it's timed out on me. We can just have us like yelling and then like success or failure. You mocking me because I didn't get tickets, or me mocking you because you had no tickets. Might be a very interesting episode. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work yet, but if we do it that way, sure. We'll break, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll do something. But the point is, unless we are incorrect, which is always a high possibility. Uh, 
hopefully next week's episode will be a trailer discussion and discussing how our tickets are secured. Um, we'll see. But anyway, until then, everybody, thank you for listening. Hopefully you'll join us next time when we have our in-depth analysis of the epic trailer that will be headed our way. And uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe I can look forward to a trailer description coming out sometime this next week. That'd be cool. It'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. We will be back next time. And thank you all for sticking around. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>